Well, let's look at the most recent news in the short term. In our first piece of news, we are seeing major FUD from the East involving China and cryptocurrency transactions. Check this out. The People's Bank of China, PBOC, today told the country's major financial institutions to stop facilitating virtual currency transactions. So they are banning cryptocurrency transactions at an institutional level. Banks are now not allowed to provide products or services such as trading, clearing, and settlement for crypto transactions, says the PBOC in a statement. They also have to make sure to identify virtual currency exchanges and over-the-counter dealers' capital accounts and cut off the payment links for transaction funds in a timely manner. So it appears to be a full cryptocurrency ban. And of course we know, because we've been covering stories like this on the channel for some time, that China is interested in their people using their stablecoin that they control. They are launching their own CBDC, highly permissioned, highly centralized, and they're scared on how Bitcoin can upset that. While the PBOC's anti-crypto bias is not new, this latest statement comes with the support of some of the major financial institutions of China. The Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, the Agricultural Bank of China, Construction Bank, Postal Savings Bank, Industrial Bank, and Alipay of China Network Technology. And when I say support, these institutions have already issued statements of their own saying they will take steps to prohibit virtual currency-related business activities. Blockchain Explained from Reuters.com, September 24, 2021. China's top regulators ban crypto trading and mining, sending Bitcoin tumbling. Ten agencies, including the central bank, financial, securities and foreign exchange regulators, vowed to work together to root out illegal cryptocurrency activity. Apparently China does not understand the sense of history. This first part is a rent against Gumroad, which acts as an intermediary between the customer and the supplier and whose quasi-divine will has power over both the client and the provider through censorship. In the age of internet, digital and now the blockchain technology these intermediaries have become unnecessary. If you do not want to see this rent against Gumroad, which dismantles the rhetoric of those who still plebiscite this old mode of technology. Move forward, the second part is dedicated to explaining what the blockchain is. What people are uptight. I just got censored on Gumroad. LOL which is ironic, given the nature of this company's service. This umpteenth censorship of an online platform, makes me say that it is now futile to deal with partners on the internet. And that the sooner we build as many services as possible in direct relation with the customer via blockchain technology, the more peaceful we will be. My advice to all content creators to get paid, don't take an intermediary between you and the customer then you won't be at the mercy of a moron in a company and his sanctimonious maternalist policy. Personally I'm done with all these platforms, which act as intermediaries between the creators and the customer. There is no point in paying intermediaries a lot of money in the age of blockchain technology. Intermediaries who lecture you because what you post doesn't fit the social etiquette of the day. I'm old enough to post what I want to post, I don't need a mummy to tell me how to behave in church anymore from authority, become an expert, build a following, and gain financial independence by Nathan Barry. Once your sales page is in place you need a way to actually accept payment. You can build it directly into your site, a bit complicated, or link to a third-party provider, much easier.
If you are new to the process I recommend using a provider that can be integrated with just a link. The most common are PayPal, Gumroad, my favorite Spacebox, and A Junkie. More on each one later. Sahil Lavinger, the founder of Gumroad, describes his mission for Gumroad to make selling a digital product as easy as sharing a link. As easy as censorship, he should have written. When the intermediary, third-party provider, has all the power over you, and your creations, I don't call it easy, or temporary easy before censorship. From how to start your first online business, the quick and highly actionable plan to start your online business and live a simpler life by Neil Samudra. But the best and easiest platform I've used to sell is Gumroad. First off, Gumroad makes it really easy to submit your product. From Hustle Away Debt, Eliminate Your Debt by Making More Money by David Carlson and Stephanie O'Connell, Gumroad. There is a transaction fee of 25 cents for each sale as well as a 5% charge per sold product. Why have fees when you can use blockchain technology at no cost? From Mimi's book Launch Plan, How to Launch Your Ebook Easy Peasy, with diary notes of 31-day countdown and to-do overview by Mimi Emanuel, my book was listed with Gumroad. The nice thing about Gumroad is that you can allow customers to set their own price. What interests people in this Gumroad service is a personal web page where their books will be visible for sale all the time. But there are also platforms in blockchain technology like web page service where you can show your product with your blockchain addresses to get paid. It's simpler and it's indelible, therefore incensorable. You are no longer at the mercy of a company's management who decide that your products no longer correspond to the social trend. From Retreto, a guide to portrait photography, gaining followers and making money by Bleebaloo, Etsy. Fees, 20 cents to list each item for 4 months, 3.5% of each sale. Big Cartel, fees, free with 5 products, $10 for 25, $20 for 100. Society 6, the downside is the large amount of money they take from each sale. Squarespace, fees, $8 per month for one product, $18 for 20 products and $26 for unlimited products, billed yearly. Gumroad, if you bought this ebook for $9, I'd make $8.30 and Gumroad keeps 70 cents. Why pay intermediaries when you can use free services? Free because the operating costs are supported by the business models such as blockchain. Not all blockchain services have the same support mod. L, but many include their operating costs by taking a small portion of the transaction. Technically, it's not free, except that when you come to these fees, you realize how ridiculous they are. It's therefore a choice of reference compared to classic intermediaries, classic in the non-technological sense. The blockchain being in principle only an interface even if it can contain parameters similar to a classical intermediary, like personal to pay, social charges, etc. All these intermediaries have huge fixed costs compared to a purely technological platform. From 10 Fundraising Ideas and Strategies Fundraising Strategies to Raise Money by Alex Genedinik Of these platforms, and the one I use personally, is Gumroad. Reasons why I chose Gumroad It has a simple payment process. Handles VAT for me, a huge pain selling from an EU country. I can build my own email newsletter and have control over it. Great analytics for customers and sales. Handles VAT. Blockchain technology does not have this problem. Blockchain technology does not have this problem because it is not affiliated with any country. It is sure that in the future, states will legislate what you earn on these blockchain platforms. 
but you can always switch to another blockchain platform if it becomes regulated. Anyway, it's a cat and mouse game, states will try to tax everything you earn. Then it's up to you to decide, if you decide that a part of what you earn should be given to the community, or not. Gumroad has a simple payment process, blockchain technology is even more simple, and if you want to get your funds back on non-blockchain money, then it is relatively easy. I can build my own email newsletter, I'm pretty sure you can find decentralized services on there, and maybe even blockchain. Great analytics for customers and sales, the same is above. From the 30-day startup, how to create a successful tech startup in 6 weeks for less than $50,000 by Sam Kamani and Will Schmidt. Gumroad. Sahil Lavinger launched Gumroad in 2012, aiming to make the ability to sell online as easy as sharing content on social media. He built the tool without the need for a merchant account. Technically, Gumroad is the merchant that is the intermediary between you, your products, and your customers. So, this is false. Gumroad is the merchant, the intermediary, and I don't see why I would pay a merchant to sell a product which I can sell myself. From the ultimate guide to a commerce software, everything you need to start an online business by Matthew Gouet, Melanie Melanie Panola, et al. 2016, it's quite significant of these platforms that play the intermediaries. Because in doing this little press review, I found in a list of six intermediaries, two that were already dead, and yet the book is from 2016, so barely five years old. Where to sell, Gumroad, CHEC, Sellify, Sendowl, A Junkie. Plaso Plaso.co and chectricheck.com are dead. This shows that these platforms are not reliable. What it'll cost, CHEC comes in cheapest, at 2% per transaction plus payment processing fees. Gumroad's charges 5% per transaction plus 25 cents per sale. Plaso charges 4% per transaction plus Stripe's fees. Sellify charges 5% plus PayPal fees. A Junkie and Sendowl use monthly plans, starting at $5 and $9 per month, respectively. Why pay, when you can use blockchain services? From YouTube Black Book, How to Create a Channel, Build an Audience and Make Money on YouTube by Christopher Sharp, Gumroad. I love it. You can also sell video products as long as the individual files aren't bigger than 4 gigabit. Again this is a limitation of the service provider. If you find a decentralized platform, maybe blockchain, you won't have this disadvantage of being limited. Moreover, this limitation will probably change over time, depending on the wishes of the company's management. Apparently, not all of these creators have been censored yet, because their contents did not please the management. It will come for some of them, I am, not an exception. No, there is no interest to have an intermediary between you and your client, at the time of a revolutionary technology, like the blockchain. Technology that makes, many teeth in the gang of parasites cringe. I'm going to do a, press review, on what blockchain is, because not enough people understand its benefits. From Blockchain, ICBC 2018. First International Conference, held as part of the Services Conference Federation, SCF 2018, Seattle, Washington, USA by Shipping Chen, Harry Wang, et al. Blockchain was first introduced by Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008 as the underlying data structure of Bitcoin. As its name suggested, a blockchain is a chain of blocks, in which each block contains a number of transactions which are hashed in a Merkle tree. By storing the hash value of the previous block, each block refers to its previous block, forming a chain structure. Together with peer-to-peer -peer communication, 
consensus between miners such as proof of work, POW, asymmetric encryption and digital signature, a blockchain system can provide a temper-proof and immutable value transfer network which facilitates the booming of cryptocurrencies. This kind of blockchains which mainly used in cryptocurrencies can be defined as blockchain 1.0. Although Bitcoin supports scripts to define simple rules, the scripts are non-Turing complete. In order to make blockchain suitable for more scenarios other than cryptocurrency, a theorem introduced smart contract which can be constructed with Turing complete programming languages, for example Solidity. Smart contracts are executable code stored on blockchain, defining what information to store and what transactions to execute. If an application is built only by a theorem like blockchain without cyber-physical interaction or other external facilities, it is defined as blockchain 2.0, which means blockchain-based economic, market, and financial-related applications. Blockchain 3.0 means blockchain-based applications beyond the scenarios of blockchain 2.0. For example, blockchain-based naming systems, health caring systems, IoT systems and so on. As for blockchain-based IoT systems, besides the blockchain-related factors such as consensus method, smart contract support or not in state machine management, IoT-related factors such as the constraint of computing power, memory of devices and network bandwidth, and security of devices must also be considered. However, the problem that the limited resources of IoT devices cannot well support the mining process of blockchain nodes occurs frequently. It's therefore more a regression in the sense that the hardware limits. We should have called this application type blockchain 2.5 rather than an evolution 3.0. A little bit of history. From Bitcoin, Bitcoin Secrets Revealed. The Complete Bitcoin Guide, Bitcoin Buying, Bitcoin Selling, Bitcoin Mining, Bitcoin Investing and Bitcoin Exchange by Richard Carroll. The concept behind establishing a permanent, decentralized ledger, like blockchain, was first discussed in 1991. However, the first actual blockchain implementation was designed in 2008, by Satoshi Nakamoto. The digitized ledger that Satoshi Nakamoto created in 2008 was the basis for the spreadsheets that manage cryptocurrencies and other online trading transactions. The technology that allows Bitcoin to serve as a digital currency, as a store of value, and as a medium of exchange is blockchain because Bitcoin transactions are recorded in a blockchain ledge. This means blockchains are not limited to running Bitcoin. Rather blockchain application can span the entire gamut of trade, finance, healthcare, legal operations, records management, gaming, online exchanges, probability, and more. Blockchains are digital ledgers and can be formally defined as a continuously growing list of records that are linked tougher and secured using advanced cryptography. Each record in the list of a blockchain's chain is called a block that contains specific types and pieces of information. Each block will usually include some sort of pointer as a link to the previous block, transaction data, and a timestamp, which can take a variety of forms. Another way to look at is that a blockchain is much like a database where each entry is linked to the previous and next entry. This means that the information contained within the blockchain can't be changed. Blockchains are, therefore, resistant to being modified because of their inherent design. Once information is recorded in a blockchain, the data cannot be altered after the fact without altering the subsequent blocks by having the majority of nodes on the network agreeing to the change. You understand the revolutionary character of the blockchain, which I consider as important as the invention of the press. Because it frees the individual from the group. 
This inability to change the data within a blockchain make illegal or unfair actions almost impossible to carry out. If a hacker wished to alter information within a blockchain, they would have to gain control of every node. Since blockchains are designed to be verifiable and permanent, they are especially suitable for recording events, maintaining medical records, drawing up agreements, fundraising, and keeping track of other documents. Durability and Reliability Blockchain technology has been proven not to have a single point of failure and is capable of withstanding malicious exterior attacks more efficiently. This is compared to closed systems that contain possible weaknesses and point of failure that are scattered throughout the entire system from within. Blockchain technology acts as a middleman for implementing all business deals, protocols, and programmed exchanges of information in smart contracts. This is the intermediary that has been replaced by a technology whose principle is the freedom of the individual. Revolutionary. Thus the censorship is beaten. That's why I used to say, I'm done, with these human intermediaries, who can't stand criticism, or who have no conscience of their own. I'll let them die with their mouths wide open, because in the long run with the next decentralized internet, and, with the blockchain, they are dead. Blockchain applications have begun to become increasingly popular in the medical field in recent years. Researchers are now investigating these applications dealing with digital identity, insurance records, and medical records. There are many medical offices today that use some kind of digital machine to verify that the information they have on file is, in fact, your information. The financial industry is one of the sectors that have greatly benefited from the use of blockchain technology. Another way that blockchain technology can add value to a business is by banking the unbanked. It might be hard to believe. But there are a lot of people in the world who don't have bank accounts. Blockchain technology will provide the opportunity for these people to create a bank account. I know people who are creditworthy but can't open bank accounts. Which is ridiculous in this age of the internet and computer technology. Next, blockchain technology can add value to businesses through legal contracts. For example, when you are buying a house, all the documents that you sign, must also be signed by the seller. This means that all the documents must be in one place for both parties to have access. Making the legal contracts immediately usable without anyone being able to interfere in the process. The promise of blockchain technology saw all of the world's contracts and agreements digitized into code and stored in public, transparent databases that are safe from being deleted, tampered with, or revised. As the technology continues to expand, we'll see middlemen, like lawyers, stock exchange brokers, and banks, saving billions, if not trillions of dollars every year. And we will also, get rid of a lot, of social parasites. Blockchain technology is ideally suited to revolutionizing the way many industries do business. Here are just some of the ways that blockchain technology will accomplish this. Eliminating third parties. Blockchain technology will eradicate third parties and increase the number of exchanges that aren't subject to trust issues. Blockchain will allow two or more parties to conduct a transaction, of any type, without having to resort to official oversight or intermediation with an external party. It's the same thing, that is to say, to get rid of an intermediary, the state, official, is only an intermediary. Blockchain technology has made it easier for businesses to do business together because it has dramatically simplified the production process and transfer process, as well as the verification and payment methods used. Blockchain technology and quality assurance. 
In business, mistakes happen, no matter how careful you are and how closely you follow processes and procedures, and it can be challenging to pin down how the mistake occurred. With blockchain technology, mistakes and errors can be traced back to the point of origin. Not only does this make it easier to investigate mistakes, but it also saves companies time and money. Security One of the most significant issues people are faced with today is the thought that all their information could be compromised by hackers because most of our personal information is digitized. It also seems that it has become too easy for complete strangers to access, copy and tamper with our data. Blockchain technology was created to help ensure that doesn't happen or in the very least make it more challenging to try. For someone to hack the blockchain system, they would need to go back and change every single block. Proof of work To be accepted into the blockchain, each block must have a valid proof of work. A proof of work is a type of data that is both difficult to produce as well as time-consuming. Creating proof of work is essentially a random process with a low probability of success. This means that a Bitcoin mining machine that is trying to complete the process requires a significant degree of trial and error to be successful. Bitcoin uses what is known as the Hashcash Proof of Work. The Hashcash Proof of Work is a type of cryptographic algorithm that makes use of a hash function as a core building block of the mining process. The most common Hashcash function that is used today is the Hashcash SHA-256. This particular proof-of-work function was created by Dr. Adam back in the 1990s. It was initially used as a way to prevent email spam abuse because successfully generating the hash cache for a single email was simple. However, creating one for a vast number of emails at the same time proved to be much more difficult. You can tweak hash cache proofs of work for the difficulty to ensure that new blocks aren't being generated faster than the network can handle. This means that a new block can't be generated more than once every 10 minutes at this time. As the probability of each successive generation is low, this makes it challenging to determine which Bitcoin machine is going to generate the next block. For a new block to be considered valid, its hash value must end up being less than that of the current target. This means that each block will have to naturally indicate that work has been completed to generate it. Each block also contains the hash of the preceding block, which is how the chain understands where each block falls within the overall blockchain. To change a block, the work must be redone on all the previous blocks, and new and connected hashes must be generated for all of them. The blockchain is then essentially protected from tampering, because of the enormous computational power that is needed. Proof of Stake Most of the significant cryptocurrencies today work off of some variation of the proof-of-work model either through the SHA-256 hash or through another, similar hash. However, Ethereum has been working on an alternative that could significantly change the way blockchain transactions are verified. In early 2017, Ethereum released the implementation guide for a hybrid proof-of-work, proof-of-stake system. They are rolling out this new system in phases before they make it the platform's primary verification system. The plan currently states that the blockchain platform will alternate between the two systems. With the new system, about one out of every 100 blocks will use the new system while the rest will continue to use the old system. Their hope is that the new system will improve the rate at which they can produce new blocks. This will be the first time a proof-of-stake system will be used to secure a blockchain, which will be a significant step forward. It's important to understand just how the proof-of-stake system differs from the proof-of-work model. With proof-of-stake verification, 
Rather than having the miner solve the equation to verify the block, a validator, who is confirmed reliable by the stake they have in the system, will commit to its accuracy. They know that if they lie, they will lose their own ether as well. During the first stage of deployment, all of the blocks that are verified through the new system will also be checked through the old system to help double verify that the blocks contain the information that they should, while also testing the accuracy of the new system. Validators will then look at the various chains that are available and make a decision based on how much Ether is currently in the chain. If they make a poor choice, they will lose their money. This process will help form a consensus that leads to a single more massive chain from the many smaller ones. Benefits of the Proof-of-Stake Model While the process of implementing the Proof-of-Stake Model isn't smooth sailing, it doesn't mean that the Proof-of-Stake system is going to lose out. It contains many clear benefits over the more traditional process. This first clear benefit that this new model will have is that it will drop the more than $1 million Ethereum miners spend on electricity each day to around $100,000 or just 10%. This ecological argument is not a security argument for blockchain. The integrity of data processing and transfers. Due to the unchangeable nature of the blocks in a blockchain, every user on the network can trust that every transaction they make will take place on the network and that they will always be executed precisely as the system was designed. All transactions made to and on a blockchain are, by design, created on a public ledger that can be looked at by everyone. Faster transactions, transactions between banks, like H, automated clearing house transactions, can take days to clear. This is especially true for transactions that are made outside of regular working hours. Just think about when you send a wire or make a purchase at the end of the business day on Friday. This makes no sense in the age of the internet. Without blockchains, you are unable to see any timely updates to the status of your funds. Blockchain technology reduces the transaction times to minutes, and sometimes even seconds, and they are processed around the clock. Lower transaction costs. With blockchains, no outside parties are overlooking the transactions. Because of this blockchains can potentially reduce the transaction fees significantly. With reduced transaction fees, it could possibly lead to billions of dollars being saved annually. From blockchain technology and applications by Pethuru Raj, Kavita Saini, et al., bioinformatics, governance, banking, trading, society, politics, and even the very structure of the internet itself are suited for disruption. Generally, blockchain technology will bring disintermediation among everything. People don't realize how revolutionary blockchain is. Emerging blockchain technology has had a vibrant influence, disrupting the way it has been working, because the blockchain network does not possess any central control. Usually the credit or debit card service providers demand a processing fee for their services. Using the blockchain technology, railway systems can eliminate the processing fee and even enhance the efficiency of the entire process. One can understand that blockchain can give better cost savings by avoiding the middleman. While centralized servers are vulnerable to the security risks which demands more security, the risks are spread out in the network since blockchain works based on distributed computing. Blockchain is considered one of the technologies with the most potential. It is. Bitcoin, proposed by Nakamoto, attracted researchers and industrialist attention towards blockchain as it has the capacity to eradicate the limitations of the traditional payment method which depends on a third party. Satoshi introduced the ledger design that is called block, and contains a verified transaction.
The blockchain concept relies on cryptography that links the blocks and each block holds the cryptographic hash of a previous block and timestamp along with data to be transferred. The openness in the distributed setup is achieved with the help of a peer-to-peer -peer network. The main idea is that the need for central trusted third party is obsolete. Each node, another name for block, possesses a complete replica of the blockchain. Adding a new transaction, that is, adding a block, ensures that block is appended to all blocks such that transparency is maintained. Tampering with data is not possible. Cryptographic arrangements help in increasing the security of the transaction in any sort of application. The type of restriction blockchain is broadly classified into public, private and consortium. The blockchain provides reliable, immutable, irrevocable, transparent data available at all times, with reduced costs because a third party is not required. Initially starting with the buzzword cryptocurrency, the blockchain has found applications in various domains in both the public and private sectors across the globe. A meeting conducted by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, discussed the uses and limitations of blockchain in the public sector in October 2018. It mentioned clearly that the blockchain is progressing exponentially. The blockchain is utilized actively in public sectors like transport management, taxation, voting, land registration, healthcare, identity management, digital payment, and the list goes on. To promote the export-import of a country, identifying legitimate payment methods is a difficult task and involves dealing with a lot of complaints. A blockchain-based digital identity that incorporates permissive blockchain as one of the regulatory nodes that are incorporated in all transactions will be a viable solution for the government sector. This means that the costs and delays will be reduced. Healthcare is a primary concern of all developing countries since there are many registered alternate medicine practitioners and methodologies, and with millions of illiterate people, it is cumbersome to maintain and retrieve the health records of millions for future use for healthcare schemes. Blockchain can provide a sustainable solution for the maintenance and retrieval of health records. Even many of the regulatory mechanisms and departments can be incorporated with a blockchain which provides a genuine authentic platform without any intermediate intervention to common people. This means that there will be less bureaucracy and that the human bureaucratic apparatus will melt like snow in the sun, at least for these applications. Blockchain is very much essential in the field of taxation so that many changes can easily happen and the efficiency of the taxation system will increase and thereby every individual tax account will be safeguarded. Blockchain taxation can be revolutionary by making the following promises. Nobody can modify or disturb the committed blocks of the respective blockchain system. From Blockchain for Business 2019 a user-friendly introduction to blockchain technology and its business applications by Peter Lipovyanov, the financial sector will be among the first to be disrupted by blockchain technology. The previous major technological innovations in the financial sector, the ATM and the credit card, were introduced way back in the 1950s and 60s. Not only that, but according to the World Bank, their most recent study found 2 billion people who are unbanked. Really, it's even worse than I thought. And the burden of not being able to have a monetary power daily. It is difficult enough to increase productivity and trade within their own country, let alone transacting with the rest of the world. Many people consider the fees for sending money overseas for these populations unfair. Money transfer services, such as Western Union and MoneyGram, were charging 10% on average in 2008 and 7.5% in 2016. Fuck, this is theft.
blockchain technology can disrupt the status quo and bring this to a halt. Traceability impacts in our daily lives. A startup called Wabi is working on resolving these kinds of problems by combining blockchain and radio frequency identification RFID technologies. They can track and verify the authenticity of all ingredients and components used in consumer goods. Finally, a real traceability of products and their components. A little known fact is that the Genesis block of the Bitcoin blockchain, where its first transaction was recorded, contains a hidden message by its creator, Satoshi Nakamoto. The text quotes a headline from the British newspaper The Times, which shows a proof of the date when the Bitcoin blockchain was launched, and it states the following The Times, the 3rd of January 2009, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. I always wonder why we should bail out the banks. I forgot, we don't need to. With blockchain technology, we don't need them anymore. Why blockchain is better? The idea of hundreds or thousands of computers storing the same file does sound a bit strange at first, doesn't it? It wouldn't be a surprise if your first thought was redundancy. But such redundancy provides security and ensures there is no central point of failure in the entire system. It protects from attempts to manipulate the system by bad actors. This in turn provides the opportunity to eliminate any centralization or, in other words, to cut out the middlemen. Such decentralized blockchains work through a consensus mechanism or algorithm. There are different types of consensus algorithms. After new transactions are verified, they are ordered and grouped into blocks, which are then linked to previous blocks. Each new block is built on top of the last block in chronological order. Each of these blocks is a type of data structure containing information and, more precisely, transaction records. Generally, distributed databases can contain any kind of data, not just financial or economic data, but blockchain security and design make it especially suitable to use for value exchanges. Hence, the expression that blockchain is the internet of value or the internet of money. New blocks are created at regular intervals of time and are time-stamped. Each new block is linked to the chain of previous blocks, hence the term blockchain. Actually, the Bitcoin blockchain is the largest civilian deployment of public key encryption technology in the world. As we all know by now, the Bitcoin ecosystem consists of users, miners, software developers, and applications, such as exchanges, wallets, and blockchain explorers. Other stakeholders are expected to get increasingly involved as well. It I. It's highly likely that regulators and government agencies will pay more attention to the ecosystem in future. Besides wallets, another commonly used software application is a blockchain explorer. A blockchain explorer is a tool used as a search engine for the blockchain. It allows us to track transactions, blocks, and address balances. There are several sites that act as blockchain explorers. Ethereum the key innovation, which differentiates Ethereum from Bitcoin and many other altcoins, is its Turing Complete programming language. Turing Complete means that Ethereum's programming language can be used to program and run pretty much any function or task. This enables a broader range of decentralized applications to be created and deployed. It packs a complete set of tools for developers to innovate further and build applications and businesses on the blockchain. The Ethereum blockchain serves as a backbone infrastructure for an entire economic and social ecosystem. That's why the majority of decentralized blockchain applications, or dApps for short, at the moment, use the Ethereum platform. As we will see later, the downside of such larger code base is a larger attack surface and risk of software bugs, which will occur inevitably.
Ethereum introduced the virtual machine concept to the blockchain world. The EVM enables standardized smart contracts and decentralized applications to be created and run on the blockchain. This is done with the help of a Turing-complete programming language, such as Solidity, which was purposely designed by the Ethereum development team. Blockchain-based decentralized applications could become the next big thing in computer technology. Of course, projects always have the option to build their own blockchains. CI and Filecoin are two other distributed data storage applications that are building their own blockchains rather than using Ethereum or Bitcoin. The important point to make here is that various blockchain platforms for decentralized applications exist. Voting With regards to voting and decentralized governance applications, an interesting example is Horizon State. They build voting systems using the Ethereum blockchain. Voting is done with their native decision tokens, which can be used for all sorts of political elections, opinion polls, and shareholder votes. The benefits of security and immutability that blockchain brings to the voting process are all important. DAO Decentralized Autonomous Organizations DAOs, are envisaged as autonomous entities that operate on the blockchain in a completely automated, transparent, and publicly managed way. These entities can also be referred to as DACs. A DAO is currently more of a philosophical concept than a strictly defined type of business or social entity. It's a vision for the next evolutionary step in organizational theory and design, toward more decentralization and autonomy. DAOs can be described as decentralized applications whose governance and operations run on the blockchain. Public, private blockchains. First, we have public blockchains, which are open source projects, with free access for anyone to join the network and use it, support it, contribute to it, or build businesses on it. Given the transparency of public blockchains, many businesses may not feel comfortable to use them for conducting their operations. There is a lot of sensitive business information such as transactions with suppliers, quantities, and other private supply chain details, as well as employ pay, which may not be appropriate to be stored on a transparent, public blockchain. Such information usually is kept as a trade secret, as it can be a source of important competitive advantage, after all. Then, we have private blockchains, which are not open source, and have restricted access to only users and entities who have been approved by the organization that owns and manages the network. Public blockchains, open to everyone, need a complex consensus mechanism with a native crypto asset, such as proof-of-work, to enforce the security of the network, in other words, to ensure that all participants are incentivized to play by the rules. Private blockchains, where all participants are pre-approved don't need the same type of consensus mechanism, nor cryptocurrency. Instead, other factors, such as trusted business relationships, build trust in the system, which is a more traditional approach. More traditional approach, more classical, closer to what existed before the blockchain technology. The revolution that is blockchain. Public blockchains have introduced a real breakthrough solution to an existential global problem, how to transfer value among unknown parties, without a need for the parties to trust each other, and without the presence of a central authority. It can be argued that the pioneering public blockchains introduced brilliant and disruptive technological solutions, which have their own challenges to achieve mass adoption, in terms of scalability, interoperability, privacy, and governance. Private blockchain projects introduce their own solutions to the issues of scalability, interoperability, privacy, and governance, which their public peers have, but this is at the cost of less decentralization. 
They bring some of the benefits of public blockchains to the traditional setting of corporate walled gardens and restricted access networks. But this creates single points of failure. What if a system administrator that's in charge of granting access to the corporate network gets hacked or otherwise corrupted? And then we return to the old classical system that has not worked for thousands of years. That's why I often say that only technology can save us as a civilization. In the sense of inertia and fearfulness of the human species, which has an innate difficulty to trust. Trust with blockchain is provided by the blockchain technology model. From China's fintech explosion, disruption, innovation, and survival by Sarah HSU and Jinjin Li, blockchain. Blockchain is a technology with the potential to seriously disrupt the fintech industry. Although still in its early stages, the technology can greatly reduce the need for intermediaries, changing the way in which demand for and use of financial firms are shaped. In fact, blockchain technology can even remove the need for banks and fintech companies. The blockchain is a distributed ledger, distributed across a network, made up of blocks that can be verified by anyone, whose transaction records are irreversible. There are bankers who have to grit their teeth right now. The use of cryptography renders the exchanges secure. Trade and loan transactions as well as contracts can be included in the blockchain, eliminating the need for trusted third parties. The transparency and indelibility of the blockchain can remove the threat of fraud or money laundering. Remittance. With blockchain-powered remittance service, it now can be done securely on mobile phones in a few seconds. Yes, there are bankers who have to grit their teeth right now. From Handbook of Digital Currency, Bitcoin, Innovation, Financial Instruments, and Big Data by David Lee Kuochuan and David Lee, 2015, Social Currencies. Redcoin was especially designed to encourage online tipping culture, allowing users to tip one another with micropayments to demonstrate appreciation for content produced, be it in the form of a tweet, a blog post, or a Reddit comment. This tipping culture was predominantly established with the introduction of Dogcoin, another altcoin that was developed to target a user base that extended beyond the traditional specialized cryptocurrency community. There have been other experiments with cryptocurrencies within the social sphere such as Stockcoin, which uses the Bitcoin protocol to create a decentralized chat program that does not store messages on any server, allowing secure and anonymous communications. Cool. Finally, Coin introduced its blockchain as a publishing and freedom of speech platform, allowing the possibility of uncensorable and unchangeable messages to be placed into the blockchain. From hands-on cybersecurity with blockchain, implement DDoS protection, PKI-based identity, 2FA, and DNS security using blockchain by Rajneesh Gupta, 2018, introducing blockchain in Ethereum. Once in several years, we see the birth of revolutionary technologies with the capability to disrupt a wide range of business models. Blockchain is a concept that originated to avoid third-party involvement in any financial transaction in a white paper named Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, by Satoshi Nakamoto. Web App vs. DAP A web app is simply a web-based application, which is widely used in client-server models to serve users. However, decentralized application, DAP, is an application that runs on a peer-to-peer -peer network of computers. Ethereum and Bitcoin Ethereum is one of the oldest blockchain flavors that has provided platforms with a way to customize a system. Bitcoin aims to disrupt the current payment system and online banking with its own consensus mechanism whereas Ethereum is in the midst of decentralizing the existing computer system since it works heavily on the client-server model. Internet 
From How to Fix the Future Staying Human in the Digital Age by Andrew Keane The web's creator looks to reinvent it, as the New York Times described this June 2016 event, which brought together privacy advocates and pioneers of such peer-to-peer -peer technologies as blockchain to discuss a new phase of the internet. I asked Windsurf how difficult it was to build the original internet, Brewster Kale tells me. And Surf replied, it took one year with a room of five or six guys. The first time around, Kale confesses. The mistake, he says, is that the web lost the ability to serve its users. And so that all the online music and videos aren't owned by iTunes. Generations born after 2000 have not known the hacker spirit. They think that empowering the biggest doesn't have an impact. It does. Every action has a responsibility. Many other digital pioneers share this vision of re-decentralizing the web. Ethan Zuckerman, the director of the MIT Center for Civic Media and another key member of the founding generation of Internet geeks, believes that this struggle between the forces of centralization and decentralization has been a familiar feature of the digital economy even as far back as 1993, when there were no online directories for navigating the web. Since commerce has entered the Internet, the temptation has been too strong and the freedom of the individual, the user, has gone with it. We complain about the intrusion of Google, Facebook, Twitter and their power of centralization, censorship, but the focus on technology has been lost. So we don't care about the individual anymore but about the commerce. In the end everyone loses. The internet must once again become a technological object again that emphasizes freedom at the expense of the enrichment of a few multinationals or large groups or even companies of sufficient size. A society is the freedom of its individuals over the collective. The collective, collectivism, kills and always ends up with the establishment of a totalitarian regime. And the censorship carried out these last years by these big companies show well, that we do not need a state apparatus or a political party, to censor the individuals. We need to stop these people, companies, and only technology will allow it, as we have seen with the blockchain. For old-school cyberutopians like me, it is extremely disappointing that the internet is not inherently decentralizing. Like many other idealists, he is critical of the entire ecosystem of today's online economy. He argues that we've become too dependent on the advertising business model that compounds the already exaggerated power of winner-take-all advertising companies like Google, YouTube, or Facebook. The more we publish, the more dominant these companies become, he says. So rather than technology, the fundamental problem with the web today is its dominant business model. The challenge, then, is the reinvention of internet economics. It requires us to rethink the whole ecosystem. Google, Facebook, Twitter, and co. are only intermediaries. We have seen that with blockchain technology, we can do without intermediaries. It's the end of the digital middleman, Burnham predicts. Goodbye to the networked intermediary. One example of these protocols that Burnham cites in his speech is the open-source interplanetary file system, IPFS, designed to establish a permanent and decentralized method of storing and sharing files. Protocols like IPFS are allowing for the online exchange of data between independent players, resulting in the creation of what Burnham calls, decentralized marketplaces. Other examples of this are the so-called decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs, such as the controversial peer-to-peer -peer currencies Bitcoin and Ethereum, which operate on blockchain technology. These network platforms do away with the need for the middleman, a bank or a government agency. They are returning us to Berners-Lee's original web, a level playing field on which power resides on the edge with its users.
Burnham quotes Mark Twain, history doesn't exactly repeat itself, he answers, but it rhymes, in a perpetual cycle of innovation. In 1995, he explains, the market opened up with the shift from the desktop computer industry, dominated by Microsoft, to a market defined by the web. The business model gradually moved from packaged software to open-source technology, a process that, in turn, gave rise to the Web 2.0 revolution of Google and Facebook. And today, he explains, we are back with a new kind of disruptive technology that is challenging the dominance of the winner-take-all companies of the Web 2.0 revolution. Then, in the final discussion of the day, there is a panel on, sustainable ways of monetizing content. One of the panelists is Tim Schumacher, the co-founder and executive chairman of a Cologne-based company called Adblock Plus, an open-source app that prevents online advertising from showing up on your web browser. Schumacher is on the panel to discuss his company's new partnership with Flatter, a Swedish-based micro-donation provider. But before describing this deal with Flatter, Schumacher asks the audience for a show of hands about who is using Adblock Plus's product. Everyone, absolutely everyone on the top floor of the old Berlin carpet factory raises a hand. They are all using the same disruptive technology that, in Brad Burnham's, Age of Innovation from Below, empowers them to block online advertising, the very heart of today's conventional business ecosystem. So they are proving not only that the current business model of the internet doesn't work, but also that there might be an alternative ecosystem. This economico-economic system is the old economy. I would not have believed from the beginning of the internet, that this one model could dare, to make its intrusion on internet. And yet it is as obsolete as the fax or the television. And it is the same technology that has been blocking us since the intrusion of, online commerce, and Google's page rank. Old. Multi-millennial methods of selling have been adopted on a digital platform like the internet. It makes no sense at all. One thing is certain, it will not stand up to the blockchain technology. From the death of the gods, the new global power grab by Karl Miller, organized societies have always sought to limit power, to put it under democratic control, and one example of that has been to break up monopolies. The tech giants are based on monopolies of data and control of dominant networks. How do you break up monopolies of companies whose users are all over the world? The answer is simple because there is no question first. There is no answer because these monopoly companies are playing on a loophole in the system, the internationalization of their products. These monopolistic companies know well that they are playing with the nationalistic machinery too well and that they will never be legally breakable. And they have been playing this game since the first day as soon as they understood that they could use this spring. The solution, again, is to answer a technological problem with the technology, and blockchain is made for that.